0: That fear very well may be the thing that, if you addressed it, would unlock some some new potential for you. So it's the fear of poverty, the fear of criticism, the fear of ill health, the fear of loss of love, the fear of old age, and the fear of death. No, we're not talking about Ozzy Osbourne biting the head off of a bat on stage. We're not talking about Judas Priest and mock sacrifice at hard rock concerts. But is the devil trying to sabotage your business? Find out in this episode of the Tactical Agent Podcast. <laughs> that's a good promo. I think yeah, I, I like that. A good it's, one. it's pretty good. Well done, uh, buddy. Okay, so if you're just tuning in for the first time and you're like, "What? wait, what devil and what business... We're talking about the devil sabotaging your real estate business. But before we talk about the devil, we just want to let you know that we are the tactical agents on Mike this is Chris and we are on mission. We're on a we're we're men on a mission. We're like the blues brothers for real estate agents. We're on a mission from God. Speak of the devil, we're on a mission from God to help 10,000 first responders and veterans. Change their lives. Supplement and replace their income through residential real estate businesses. We have a complete proven system that we teach them to do that with. It's growing. We're loving it. And you can be a part of it. 107project.com T-E-N the number 7project.com Doesn't matter if you are currently one of those things. You were one of those things. Or you were one of those things and are already an agent. We want to talk to you. We want to see if there's a way to work together and to help you in your business. So check us out if you want. That's... uh, kind of our niche audience and that's who we're speaking to most of the time but if you're not any of those things then we hope we still add value. If you like the show subscribe on YouTube and uh be thinking as you listen. How can you comment on this video with what your aha moment was? What was your biggest takeaway? What was helpful to you? We want to hear from you. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. With that God and the devil, huh? Um no this is not a religious podcast and You don't even have to believe the devil is real. I don't know if Napoleon Hill believed the devil is real when he interviewed the devil in outwitting the devil. Uh, But in that interview, in that, was it real? Was it really the devil? Or was it a fake interview? I don't know. You have to listen to the book yourself and make your own decisions. But the devil says he controls 98% of the people on the planet. 98 of 100 people are not really living their life on purpose. They are drifting. Last week, we talked about a definitiveness of purpose. And the devil says he controls 98 out of 100 people and makes them be drifters instead of people who are living, really living their lives. What do you think? Is that an accurate percentage? So
1: so I think it's probably more like 99 and I think what's the big thing? The one percenters, right? Like everybody's focused on, you know, how much wealth 1% of the population controls. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe that 1% are the people that mostly live their life in a way that makes them, the 1% and the 1% is not as big as what, you know, when you say the 1%, everybody thinks billionaire, but what does it really take to be one, a 1% percenter in the United States, like 300 grand a year,
0: 500 grand a year, somewhere. Like, I don't know uh, the exact number. What it's does the top 1% of America make. The top 1% can earn as much as 955,000. Well, that's not a good question. What does it take? Yeah. What does it take? Uh, in New York is one example. Seven hundred and seventy-seven thousand. Oh, it's by this is by state. That's interesting. In yeah, in West Virginia, you only need three hundred and seventy-four thousand a year to be in the top one percent. Wow. So Michigan's five hundred eleven k. You're in Arizona. Five hundred and forty-six k. The top five percent though in Arizona is only two hundred and thirty-five or above. As top 5% of earners. Yeah. So national average, <laughs> national average to be top 1%, I think is 645,000. Yeah. So there we go. <laughs> By the numbers. I think he's probably pretty close to accurate when he says that. <laughs> yeah. So you got to most people are drifting through life. I think I called it autopilot before. I think just most mm-hmm. people don't, they never really ask themselves. They're just like, as long as I got a place to stay, I'm like, I'm supposed to have a wife. I'm supposed to have two and a half kids. I'm supposed to have a fence, <laughs> like a dog mm-hmm. or something, a turtle maybe. Uh, nobody should have cats. That's that's a devil animal. Cats are the, cats speak of the devil. Cats are Satan's pet. And I'm sorry if you're offended by that. And by sorry, I mean, I hope you and your cat rot in hell. Don't Get a cat. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, My ex-wife the, loved cats. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. Well, that's a coincidence? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. So, in this interview, uh, again, we're we're kind of like playing off of Napoleon Hill's book, um, Outwitting the Devil, and kind of pulling out some principles here. It's like, okay, well, if if you're if your secret is to keep people drifting, then what is your what is your tactic to do that and he talks about getting them to live in fear right if you can get people to live in fear they'll hold back and they'll continue to just kind of like drift among the masses and he breaks down the six critical fears that he leverages and i say he the devil right or it could be she it's probably a woman actually uh <laughs> let's just let's just Piss them all off today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going all in, you know. Uh, six key fears. I'll just say them all, and then we'll kind of go into each one. I don't know that you know. Maybe you can identify with one or more of these, but I think it's good to listen because that fear very well may be the thing that, if you addressed it, would unlock some some new potential for you. So it's the fear of poverty, the fear of criticism. The fear of ill health, the fear of loss of love, the fear of old age, and the fear of death. And those are, I think, ill health, old age, and death are like really closely related. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I would separate them out. I don't know, but that's this isn't my my interview. This is right. something I'm pulling out. But fear of poverty is the first one. I think that's really interesting because certainly. Most people are afraid of poverty because they work even if they're like, man, I don't really like my job or they Mm -hmm. I don't really want this job. They still work because their fear of poverty is bigger than their drive to do something more. So they still will work because they're they're still afraid of well, I, of becoming I,
1: poor. I've got a really good example of this and I'm not going to like speak too much because I don't want to, you know, out them or make them feel bad. But there was somebody that was really close to me in my life growing up that was absolutely brilliant at what they did. Right. Like just people would seek out their expertise from all over the world. Um, and they never went above just the bare minimum of, the levels of their career field. Mm -hmm. And I could never understand why. And I asked one day and they were just like, well, you know, if I go any higher, I'll lose that union protection. And I'm like, you would, you would earn like five times as much. And they're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, but if something happened, I wouldn't have that protection of the union to, to back me up. Mm hmm and they lived their whole life, 40-year career, never did anything beyond that and and were absolutely brilliant at what they did. Could have could have risen to the absolute top of their field. Yeah. And that's just one of those things I think that kind of closely aligns with what you're saying here.
0: Yeah, it's almost like you could take poverty and maybe on that list like it's like this uh fear of risk right or or a dependence on an over dependence on safety you're so afraid of what you could lose Mm -hmm. that you take no risks to gain right that's like what the the heart of that is and i think there's something that i feel like in my life takes the teeth out of all this stuff and i'll save it for the end because i think there's a i think there's one thing for me that eliminates all these fears um and maybe a maybe a subset second, we talk about God and the devil for me, like faith will be a part of this. But uh, but yeah, I think there's a practical exercise to do. Mm-hmm. Another one is fear of criticism. I think this is this is certainly big. People people hate to be criticized, <laughs> yeah. whether whether people come down on them because they said something and they were wrong or they just don't want people judging them or judging how well they did or didn't do something. That fear of criticism keeps people in, in a lane, in a box. Like they're, they're afraid to go do anything different because if they did, if they, if they didn't look like everybody else in the line, right now, they're opening themselves up to someone criticizing them and people don't enjoy that.
1: Yeah. I think there's like a, there's a hierarchy to criticism, right? Like if, you know, you and I have known each other for 10 years now. We're really good friends. You're business partners. If you come to me and say, hey, man, you're not doing something well, it's something I'm going to take to heart and I'm going to listen to and I'm going to, you know, try to, you know, figure out, you know, what where I'm going wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just some somebody that's off the street that's like, well, oh, you know, I certainly wouldn't have said that in my podcast that has no viewers and that I haven't actually done You know, like, um, you know, that's a totally different thing, but there are people that are afraid of both of those forms of criticism. And I don't, I don't understand that, but, um, you know, I have my own set of fears and stuff, but that's not one of them. I don't think.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not usually too, too fearful of, of critical voices and we need, I I think you, you're right. There's two kinds, right? There's unintelligent criticism, which is Mm -hmm. like the sticks and stones. Mentality, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I mean, those are those are words. Like, it doesn't it doesn't really have an impact, but people can be very afraid of it. Or the hey, man, we need to talk. Like, right? There's an issue here, right? Like, constructive criticism, corrective criticism, and we, you, you you need you need that kind. And if you're afraid of one yeah. hundred if that if you're afraid of being criticized, then your ego is getting in the way of progress. And if, if
1: I'll go a step further and say, if you don't have somebody in your life that you respect and that you admire, that has your permission to criticize you, you are failing yourself.
0: Yeah. And stay tuned on that, that topic. We, we're we going to talk about the importance of having those kinds of people and how to mastermind other people. We're going to talk about that in the next episode. So hit that subscribe button, hit the follow button. Don't miss it. Um, so let's so, okay, in all fairness, this 139-year-old dead man that we're learning from, Napoleon Hill, he has fear of ill health, fear of old age, and fear of death as three separate things. For the purpose of the podcast and time, let's lump those things together. Because it's just, to me, it seems like the whole thing is of of a physical concern. Like mm-hmm. my, my health, my age, and dying uh, right. as, as a fear. And how how do you see those things potentially holding someone back? Let's make it super applicable to I'm a real estate agent. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. how, How are those fears possibly holding someone back?
1: Well, you know, I think first of all, like I don't I don't necessarily agree that all of it is lumped together because on a personal level, I don't really fear death or old age, but not being healthy. And and mm-hmm. you know struggling that that is a concern of mine. That's something I do fear. Um, yeah, so I understand why. Yeah, I understand why he split it up. But to say that, like you're a real estate agent, well, what happens to your family if you get sick and can't go sell houses? You mm-hmm. know, so I, that's that's a really understandable fear because there's nobody to pay your insurance. There's nobody to, you know, um, you know you don't your retirement unless you do it and you manage your your funds and you do things well there is no retirement there is no mm-hmm. you know um disability insurance or you know workers comp or any of that stuff when you're when mm-hmm. you own your own business you're you're very responsible for all that stuff so I understand why it could be a fear for sure yeah
0: i i get, yeah i get that um and again each one of these fears if you hold on to the fear or focus on the fear Mm-hmm. that will limit you in some respect from 100%. from progress and um yeah time i would say that out of those 3 the the fear of old age is what gets me right like i i would yeah. say that i would be apt to do that because i feel like in a lot of ways you know in my family we sacrificed a lot like all the couples around us as our kids were growing up, they were all two-income households. We watched mm-hmm. them as they did all their extra vacations and their stuff. And we made a choice. Well, A, I made a stupid choice to be a cop, and I made nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so I was making nothing. And when I, if I needed to make more, I was grinding on overtime like as much as possible. And uh, we made a choice for my wife to stay home and that was very intentional. It wasn't because she wasn't capable of doing something else or uh, succeeding outside of the home. But we made a choice like what's best for our family and our kids? What what meets our goals? What meets the direct... What's the, what's the mission and vision and values that we have for our life and mm-hmm. that, that fit that? So we made those sacrifices. So now a lot of me... Um, I, I, I fear that I'm so far behind. Right. I, and that people might be listening to going, well, yeah, but wouldn't that motivate you? Because now you like, you have energy in the tank. Yes, but it could also hold me. It could also make me reckless, right? Mm -hmm. My fear of old age could keep me like scattering to try to find the, the next shiny object or something like that instead of like, Because the idea of buckling down and going for the long haul, which is what you kind of need to do to grow Mm -hmm. a real estate business. You need to be consistent over the long haul. It may keep me from doing that because I'm like chasing the fast business. And then all of a sudden, I chase fast business for five years because I'm afraid of old age. (laughs) Because I'm afraid of how, quote unquote, behind I am. And all of a sudden, I'm still left with no better of a business five years from now. I might have made some money. But do I have a business? Do I have something that outlasts my age that can be passed on despite my age that can continue to make me money despite my age? <laughs> you know. Right. So I think it, it has an impact. Um, a lot of people have a fear of death, man. More people, although I think the stat is more people fear public speaking than they do death. I think that's how the how the numbers will work out. I and mean, the devil didn't say fear of public speaking on here, but. Uh, these these are some some kind of like core critical ones. So let's hit this uh, hit this last one here on this episode: fear of loss of love. What uh, what do you think about that one?
1: Yeah, I you know that's I have you know if we, if we really want to get into it, like I I don't know my dad. Like a bunch of people in my young life died really early on that were really important to me. Um, so I think it's. What, he's essentially saying like a fear of abandonment kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's another one that I, uh, that I do struggle with um, to a degree. So I kind of understand where he's coming from on that. Um, are you going to, you know, is, is going for this next thing going to be alienating to the people in your life? Um, mm-hmm. Is it as you progress as a person, there are going to be times when there are people in your life that don't belong there. And do you have that fear of leaving them behind because you won't be able to find somebody that can fill that same void? And, you know, it's, it's a painful reality to realize that people you actually genuinely care about are holding you back and holding you down and you have to move on from those relationships, Mm -hmm. um, to move forward. Um, and I think that can,
0: that can hold a lot of people back too. For sure. Um, what do you think guys, do you agree With these six core fears uh, which do you identify with most and for me the way that i handle any of these fears really is in two directions okay uh both of them one is one is faith faith faith-based and one is is a little bit more practical and i actually don't like that i don't like the way that i said that but i'll just tell you what it is one is that i practice the worst case scenario so i put myself in the position of like what's the worst thing that can happen i'm so afraid of this right like if i have this fear of something a fear of failure a fear and you know i think these core things are like i'm afraid of failure but why is it because i fear losing something that i love is it i fear poverty like I fear if I fail, I'll be broke, right? So I think that these underlying po- uh, these underlying fears are really good at like core fears, more than just expressed fears. But let's say that I, I feared failure on some level. For whatever reason, I just run through my head. Okay, let's say that I run out of money. I look at my bank account and I'm like, all right, and I've got three months of living. I could survive for three months. And let's say that I have no more business then. I've come to that point. Now what? I just work out. I just practice it in my head. And I take the sting out of it. I take the fear out of it. Because I'm like, all right, well, I would I would let so-and-so know. And then I, if I was going to, how long would I have in my house before they kicked me out? And do I have things I could sell? Um, who would I live with? And I kind of answer those questions. And then I look at what my life would be like. And I'm like, I... <laughs> I'm not Not afraid I'm not afraid anymore like you can't you can't stop me right and then I think what skills do I have I routinely think if I lost it all how would I rebuild what would I do different the next time and if I haven't lost it all guess what I'm doing I'm finding new ideas and ways and perspectives that I can add in right now if I said Mm -hmm. if I did it all over again what would I do and that's the other direction right so then I start thinking Mm -hmm. about well instead of being afraid How can I capitalize on doing the right things? How can I look forward and live forward rather than letting fear hold me back? So I do like this theoretical practice and then I start thinking about, okay, well, what's the next step that I can take in my real life in the opposite direction to that fear? And sometimes just the boldness to take a step starts to kind of kick fear in the face because you prove it to yourself through a small action, right? Like if I can just do this one thing today, what's the one thing I could do today that would be the opposite of this fear? And if you do that one little thing, whatever it is, then you can prove to yourself, I can do this. I can do more of this. And you can overcome it. That's how kind of like I deal with it. Yeah. That's,
1: that kind of is like a, throw back to your law enforcement days, I think, with the if then scenarios where you you know, you train yourself to if that guy pulls a gun when I walk into this gas station, I'm gonna move this way and do that and Right. just same same thing. Builds the muscle memory, you have a plan and um, you know it's you eliminate the fear of the unknown when you when you have a plan. So kind of takes the boogeyman out of it, I guess.
0: Yeah, it takes takes a sting out of it. So um, that's just a good practice. I think Tim Ferriss calls it negative visualization. We might've even mentioned it on here is like, if you've already been there in your mind in the worst case scenario, then you perform better <laughs> now. Yeah. And if the worst case scenario happens, cause you've kind of been there before, you're not surprised by it. It's like, oh yeah, I was ready for this. <laughs> like I can handle this. I can make my way through. So, and when, when you can free yourself from fear, man, whew, you can really, you can really take some strides because you've Absolutely. you've kind of like got nothing to lose, right? Yeah. Because taking your house from you can't stop you, taking your car from you can't stop you. Like I'll just keep on going, right? I'll go till like till I achieve the mission. And somebody like that, you can't you can't stop them because they're not afraid of things and fear is the is used to control. Fear is used to manipulate. It's what happens in the news. That's how news keeps you hooked. That's why if it bleeds it leads man because if they right. can make you afraid of something they can keep you on the hook. If politicians can keep you afraid of something they keep you on the hook. You keep they keep your vote, you know? Like it's it's the fear is the tool of the devil as it turns out. <laughs> the the enemy, you know? All right guys, uh which are these fears again did you identify with? How did how do you overcome your fears? Want to hear from you. Drop it in the comments. Like we we've got to get the comment section on our YouTube channel rolling. We want to hear from you, we want to interact with you. And if you want to know more about uh, working together with us or what our team looks like uh, across the country, hey. Come find out 107project.com, T E N the number 7 project.com. See you guys next time.